welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says um, that you could have 10,000 instructors, but one father in the faith. And Paul the Apostle said that. And uh, Pastor Sonny Sr., Pastor Sonny Jr., and I have something in common. Pastor Sonny led us to the Lord, amen? And he's the father of the faith to our lives, amen? And, and we want to honor that. When you come out, you, you're going to know who Pastor is, amen? He speaks with authority, power, the anointing of Almighty God. And uh, he is the uh, founding pastor of this church and then all the churches that have gone on. But tonight, I, I want to let you know that um, I got saved at the age of 19, and I was one of those little treasures out of darkness, little cholito. I was probably about 100 pounds when I came in. I gained a few more pounds, amen. But uh, a lot of us came in in that time in St. Louis Street. Um, I remember uh, walking over and the cops stopping us and saying, where are you going? Dressing, you know, dressing like a gang member. And uh, he, I, we said, we're going to Victor Outreach. He said, well, what's the pastor's name? And we were so new, we didn't even know. We just said, I don't, I don't know. And he said, ah, go to, get over there. And uh, that was right around the corner from Aliso Village. Uh, it's known, those people that grew up there, Pimera Flats. We knew it as the flats, the projects. There's Cuatro Flats and Pimera Flats. And they were living smack dab in the middle of darkness. But God gave them treasures. Can somebody say amen? Treasures out of darkness. God gave them powerful, powerful anointing. And today we're going to honor those roots. Amen. We're going to honor. I'm going to ask you to take uh, with me your, your handout, your curriculum tonight. And by the grace of God, uh, we are in discipleship mode. In other words, uh, if we don't learn from the past, we won't have a future. And we have to learn from the past so that we can have a future. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read Genesis chapter 17 in verse 7. The Bible says, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, God. We pray that you would anoint your word as it goes forth, God. That it would find lodging in our heart and bring forth much fruit, Father. And Lord, that we can evidently see that, Father, discipleship is taking place from one to another and from one generation to another. We pray your blessing in Jesus' name. We pray and everyone said, and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Follow along with me. It says here, the anointing has been passed down from the Holy Spirit to David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson felt a burden to go into the inner city of New York because he heard about the, the drug epidemic and he, the gangs that were taking place. And he went and he got a hold of a young man named Nicky Cruz who was the leader of a Mau Mau gang. And, and that gang leader got a hold of somebody that was strung out. Hope to die dope fiend is what they used to call him. And he was, uh, that was Pastor Sonny Arcanzoni Sr. And then Pastor Sonny came in to, like we said, in 1967, into right there in East L.A., Pimera Flats, into the projects. And he began to bring people into the house. He began to uh, uh, help them kick the heroin habit. And that was the birthplace of Victory Outreach. God was able to have that anointing come upon him. And then he began to pass it on to a generation. And we've all heard the stories. As he's preaching, people are nodding out. If you don't know what nodding out is, look up the definition in Webster's. Amen? It means that you are nodding out on heroin, that you're scratching yourself. You feel itchy when you're on heroin. And, and uh, you feel like you're, you're going to fall asleep. Well, he had a lot of people like that. I remember pastoring in Long Beach, and I went up to a guy that was standing in front of a liquor store, and he was leaning like this against the wall, and I didn't know how he was standing up. His eyes were drooped. He, I mean, his speech was slurred. He was, I, I really don't know how he was standing up because he was smack back 
on heroin, right? And you can tell those heroin addicts, and that's what the congregation looked like. The offering basket comes back, and there's a few pennies in it and a food stamp, right? And, and that was the first congregation. But thank God that God raised up that pioneer generation to do powerful things. Thank God they caught the vision that what Pastor Sonny was doing, they were going to be doing in the near future. And then also, that's where we came in, the Joshua generation as well. The pioneers started getting hold of us and, and, and discipling us. And, and then uh, one of, we didn't call them V groups, but Bible studies came into play. And we had one time, I think it was 102 Bible studies all over the place. And these weren't just ordinary Bible studies. Come on, challenge the V groups tonight, amen. They weren't ordinary Bible studies. There was 70, 80 people wanting to get in. They were taking over apartment buildings. Pastor uh, Augie had one over in the city of Rosemead. People, there's no parking in the streets. People wanted to come to our Bible study, and that's where uh, I got started getting discipled there in in. And listen to this. I, don't, I think this saying has gone away. Listen, if we're born on fire, we're not going to settle for smoke. Can somebody say amen? If you're born on fire, if you're born in that type of atmosphere where the Bible studies are bumping and people are getting saved and worship is taking place and, and you can see the, the glory of God resting on that house. Then listen, that's, that's the standard, beloved. we got to get back to those days where we are that Joshua generation. And listen, now we are in the third wave. Can somebody say amen? That wave came in in the pioneer. That wave came in uh, in the Joshua generation. And now we're the third wave. And I, I believe that God is holding to his promise there in Genesis 17, 7 that says, listen, it's that anointing that's going to come upon this descendant and on and on. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and I will pour out my spirit, right? And God, they received the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in the book of Joel that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. His young men will see vision and his old men will dream dreams. So ask your neighbor, are you dreaming dreams or are you seeing visions? Come on. Uh, that will determine your age. Listen to this. It's an anointing unique to our ministry. The passion and the desire we have to reach treasures out of darkness within every inner city of the world. It is a unique anointing. There's a lot of people that have copied our ministry. And have copied our, what we're doing. But listen, from 1967, something new happened. And we had an anointing to go into some of the darkest places of the world. Those dark places, there was no fear in the hearts of the men that stood there. Why? Because the power of God reached us from those areas. So there was no problem going back into those areas. We weren't going back wearing suits. We didn't come out of the business district. We came out of those neighborhoods. So with all the boldness and the anointing of Almighty God, we stepped back into those areas of darkness. And God gave us success. God gave us success. Tonight we're honoring the roots. Because listen, it took the boldness of God that came upon us to be able to step into those areas. I remember going up north when Pastor Sonny uh, launched out Pastor Ed to Story and King right there in the area in uh, San Jose. I remember going up and helping break ground with Pastor Steve Pineda there in the city of Hayward. I remember those trips when we would go to West L.A., to Pomona. We would go to San Diego, all get on a bus and go over there and break ground for those churches. How many want to do that now, amen? Pastor Sonny Jr. has some vision about sending out some different areas and start breaking ground. How many are ready to get on a team, get on a bus, get under that anointing and say, God, send me? That same pioneering spirit of going into those areas and breaking ground. That's what we had and that's what we need. Isaiah 61 
The Bible says, and, and, and listen, this is Jesus' mission statement. I don't know if you know that. This is his manifesto. This is who he is. Jesus is saying this. He stood up in the temple, got the, the, the scriptures, and said this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, right? To proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all that mourn. This is his mission statement. But how many know that's our mission statement as Victory Outreach as well, amen? To go into those inner cities. What does he say? How does it break down tonight? Well, he said, I'm going to bring good news. Good news. How many understand when you're sitting in that jail and when you're out there strung out or, or you're in college and you got all the car and you got all the material things you need but you're empty, how many know good news means that Jesus could come into your life? That he could bring that joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. He could bring that fulfillment that those material things could never bring. How many know that's good news tonight? The good news is that he can come in, step into our lives, and bring fulfillment. So the Bible says there in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 20, he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. There's a reason why God brought good news. He brought good news to change our lives. But he also brought good news so that you could enjoy the fact that your name is written in heaven. Some of you are not convinced about that. Huh? Some of you, you know that your name was written on the dean's list. Hello, somebody. You know you had a record in the, in the jailhouse, amen. You know that you, your name was on maybe a Christmas card. But I don't think you're convinced tonight that your name is written. That there is an angel that got a pen and says, listen, I'm inscribing the name of, of Pastor Sonny right here. Sonny Arkansas Sr., Sonny Arkansas Jr., Sister Kim Arkansas. That their names are actually written in the book of life, huh? That's something to rejoice about tonight. I thank God. He says, don't be too excited about casting out demons. Get excited that you are going to heaven. And God has you on the list. He has you on the list tonight. When you get up there, they don't have to be fumbling around in files. It's right there before them. And says, come, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. That's some good news. Tell your neighbor, that's some good news. Acts chapter 16, it says, Believe in the Lord and you shall be saved and your household. Oh God, that's some good news. Because some of us right now, we know where our relatives are. We know what they're doing. We know how lost they are. But the good news is that God says, I'm going to save them. Can somebody say amen? As a pastor and a preacher, Richard Baxter's words resonate deep within my soul. Like him, I am a dying man preaching to a dying, dying men and women. Let's face it, we are all dying. There is no sense in trying to sugarcoat it. Death is one of the indisputable facts of life. And the bad news is that there isn't anything we can do to prevent it. But the good news is that we can all overcome death and inherit eternal life through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? Listen, death has nothing over you. Tonight, we fear death. But the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be what? present with the Lord, huh? You're just stepping through the portals of, of eternity and getting there. That's what we hope for. Not that we die, but that we make it into the kingdom of heaven. Can somebody say amen? 
What else did he come to do on the next page? He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Listen to what the Bible says. Well, let me just read this first. It says, inner city culture has a lot of hardship and disappointments. Can somebody say amen? amen. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. That means unrelenting disappointments leave you heart sick. Sometimes we hoped in the world that things would get better. We hoped that that husband would change. We hoped that that, that young man would change his ways. Huh? We hoped. And because that hope didn't come to pass, we had a heart sick. Our heart was sick and we were disappointed. So listen, I, I want you to know that if you flip that scripture around, hope heals your heart. Amen. Hope in Jesus Christ brings you out of that depression and out of that heart sickness. God gets you up and says, listen, you have hope now. Huh? But I want to ask you a question. Why were you broken hearted in the past? There's a question right there for you. Another question is, how did Jesus heal you in your situation? I want you to take a moment and I want you to say, you know what? It was, it was Sancho that broke my heart. Amen. I was hoping Sancho would stop being Sancho and come and be my man only, huh? Come on, somebody. You girls with your long eyelashes, huh? But Sancho kept being Sancho, right? He broke your heart. It says, how did Jesus bring healing to your situation? How did Jesus bring healing to your situation? See, I, I want you to think about this. That if you only have hope in this life, if you say, man, I, I hope in this life, and that's all you have, then the Bible tells us we are of all men most miserable. Because you hope and hope and hope, and then you're going to die, and it's all going to be over. But the Bible tells us we are not of those that only have hope in this life. We have hope in eternity. That, that when we die, man, that's just the beginning of our eternity. That's just the beginning. I was watching a preacher the other day um, on YouTube, and he had a long rope. And a little part of that rope was red. And he said, this red part represents our life. We, uh, it's, I think it's 71 years, the average lifespan of a person, right? And he says, we work about, you know, 60 years of that. And we have about 11 years to enjoy our retirement, Huh? And so we, we work all of this to get this little portion of retirement. And then he says, and look at the rest of that rope. That's eternity. Huh? If we only hope in this little portion, then we're miserable. But the Bible tells us that we have hope in heaven. God is our hope. Amen. The Bible says hope maketh not a shame. God doesn't disappoint us. He comes through. Can somebody say amen? So Explain, at, at we have, we're going to have table talk right now. Explain temporary hope in this life only versus eternal hope. That's hope in everlasting life. Go ahead and take a few moments and let's go ahead and talk at the table. What does it mean to have temporary or eternal hope? Praise the Lord. Let me call on a table real quick. Amen. Can I pick on uh, Raylene's table right there? And uh, let me ask you, Raylene, what does it mean to have temporary hope in this life only? And the versus the eternal hope that we should have as Christians. Give her a hand. Come on. Amen. Amen. Our table is discussing how um, temporary hope is like when we put our hope in people or your job or things that are just temporary. You know, and a lot of times those... All those things have the capacity to fail us, right? You could have the best job and then they lay people off or right. the best friends and they turn on you. So we have to continuously put our hope in, in Christ and Amen. in God. He's the only one, like you shared, that can't disappoint us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? We have one over here. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we were discussing a table that um, temporary hope. It's like when you have a goal and you're hoping you reach it, 
And then the other hope is when you, it's eternal hope, like when you're heavenly round type of hope, mm-hmm. like living in eternally with God is eternal hope. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's go ahead and, and uh, keep on moving. We have a, about 10 more minutes and we're going to cover this material. Uh, we want to make sure that we have time in the end for you guys to be able to have more table talk and interaction. So I want you to go back with me and it says here to set the captives free. Set the captives free. It says here, many of us know what it is like to be bound by habits, lifestyles, and strongholds. It becomes hard to believe in complete and absolute freedom. But can God set us free? Yes. John 8.36 in the King James Version, it says... If the Son therefore makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, I looked up the word free indeed, and it says it's, it's antos. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're learning Greek. Antos, it's pronounced antos. And it says there, the definition of the word indeed means truly. Tell your neighbor, you're truly, you're truly, you're truly free. It's in reality. As a matter of fact, amen, it's, it's not in God's mind you're free. In our own mind, sometimes we're not free. But in God's mind, you're completely free. Every bondage is broken. As opposed to what, give the Lord a hand, come on. If you believe that you're free. And you know the book of Romans, all of Romans 6 is trying to convince you that you're free. It's us that put that mental block that say, well, I don't know if I'm really free, right? And so in the end, it says, as opposed to what is pretend, fictitious, false, or fake. God didn't didn't deliver you halfway. Can somebody say amen? He delivered you completely. Amen. Those of you that in our recovery homes, it's a done deal. God has broke every chain. He's opened your eyes. He's delivered you. There's no going back. Amen. You are free. So listen to this illustration. As a man was passing the elephants, he suddenly stopped, confused by the fact that these huge creatures were being held by only a small rope tied to their feet or to their leg, no chains, no cages. It was obvious that the elephants could at any time break away from the bonds, but for some reason they did not. He saw the trainer nearby and he asked them, why do these, why do these animals just, they just stood there and made no attempt to get away? The trainer said, well, when they were young and much smaller, we used the same size rope to tie them, and at that age, it was good enough for them to hold them. As they grew, as they grew up, they were conditioned to believe that they cannot break away. They believed that the rope can still hold them, so they never even tried to break free. The man was amazed these animals could at any time break free from their bonds, but because they believed they couldn't, They were stuck right where they were. Somebody do this. That blows my mind. That these big elephants, they could just rip that little cord and walk away, but they don't because in their minds they're still bound. They still think that they're those little elephants that are still being held. In our minds, we've got to believe that God has set us free from every bondage. We don't have to go back to that thing. We don't have to go back to watching those wrong things or saying those wrong things or having that wrong attitude or any of those things that held us captive. God has completely set us free. Jesus' mission statement said he came to what? Bind up the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. So today I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you're free, completely free. Let's go to the next page. It says, while Jesus was here on earth, he was radical. And this is a statement out of the book. 
If you didn't get the book yet, let's, let's buy it because these next few weeks are going to be taught from the book. While Jesus was here on earth, he was radical in his ministry. He dined with sinners, tax collectors. He touched and healed lepers, healed the sick and demon-possessed, and even broke barriers of social, racial, and gender uh, inequality, which means that he talked to the Samaritan woman. Huh? Nobody, no rabbi would go talk to the Samaritan woman because he was a rabbi, but he broke that. People were uh, shocked that he would go into the house of a tax collector. People were shocked that he would sit together with those that were, they called them wine bibbers, right? People that were known sinners, but Jesus stepped into those situations. He didn't let religion bind him. He didn't relig let religion stop him. But he loved them. So he stepped out and he did what we need to do also. Uh, what principles and qualities can be derived from our legacy leaders, such as David Wilkerson, Nikki Cruz, Pastor Sonny Sr., and our pioneer generation? All had, well, number one, all had the spirit, the pioneering spirit, things that hadn't been seen or done before. Pastor Ed getting his family, getting in that truck and going up north, that had never been done before, but that was part of the pioneering spirit. All had a deep burden for souls and were willing to do whatever it took to reach them. All planted watered and waited for the results of God to bring the increase. Right now, we're going to go ahead and cue that video. We have a, a video right now, and then we're going to have some more table talk. By faith, Ed Morales and his young wife, Mitzi, were called of God to go to San Jose, California. They obediently went to believe Possible. By faith, Stephen Josie went to Haywood and conquered the city. By faith, Steve launched out to the Philippines not knowing anyone with two phone numbers in his pocket and miraculously a church was built. By faith, Chucky from Haywood and Barry from Santa Rosa went to spy out Indonesia within a year and had a hundred Muslims declaring Christ as Savior. By faith, the Jerry and family believed for Israel miraculously. The Lord opened up the doors and Jews from all over the world were coming to Christ. By faith, David Martinez in his 60s went to Australia, New Zealand, planned three churches and now is looking to plant more in Samoa and from other places as well. By faith, Sonny Junior took over the La Puente Church. By faith, Alan Georgina went to drug infested East Coast and opened up the first UTC. By faith, brother and sister Masterson are taking Ontario, California in their golden years. By faith. Someone say, by faith. Someone say, by faith. By faith, amen. People have stepped out over the years, over the years, over the 50 plus years of us in ministry. We have been able to see people step out in faith to become descendants, to dispossess nations, dispossess cities, be able to make the, the uninhabitable inhabitable. I mean, God has done such an amazing work within the ministry of Victory Outreach. I mean, it's so mind-blowing to think about that. God reached me because my pastor was sent out to Sacramento and had that same pioneering spirit that Pastor Sonny Argonzoni had. That ministries all around the world, that when I went to South Africa, that there was a spirit of pioneering that was taking place there in South Africa. Now the question is this, is this pioneering spirit still alive today? Can the pioneering spirit still exist in a world that we live in today? Can the pioneering spirit still persevere in a time like 2023, 
That's the question we want you to ask inside your groups. Table leaders, we want you to ask them that question right there at your tables and say, listen, what do you think about that pioneering spirit? Do you think that it still exists in our time today? Can it exist? And how? Why? Where do we see the evidence of it taking place? Amen. So right there in your table, start to discuss about that pioneering spirit. What does it mean? And how, you know, what does it mean for our time and our era of today? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, something that God was showing me earlier is that, you know, that the seed, when you have a seed, a seed, it grows, right? And we're talking about honoring our roots today, right? How many people know we got to honor our roots? We got to honor our roots. But the thing about a root is, is that the roots grow in the darkness of the ground where nobody sees it. A root doesn't grow out where the sun is shining, right? A root grows down in the dark muck and mire. The root grows down where nobody sees it. Nobody even knows its existence, right? And so guess what? You start digging a little bit deeper, right? You start digging a little bit deeper and you start to find that it was our roots that provided the nutrients for the tree. Come on now. Does that help anybody tonight? Come on, give a clap offering if tonight you're feeling a little bit inspired, amen? You're starting to see a little bit more of your roots. Is this kind of helping you guys tonight? You guys feel a little bit inspired? Man, when I hear pastors say, say, faith by faith, by faith, man, it gets me pumped up. You know, in fact, I was, I was telling Pastor uh, Philip Jr., I was telling him, man, I was watching the video today of his father preaching, and I was, I was just filled with so much gratitude for all the men and the women that went before us. I started crying. I, I texted him. I said, man, Pastor, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to borrow your dad. Amen. And that, that's the way that we should be able to honor our, 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 the leaders that have come before us. Amen? Come on, praise the Lord. Listen, we want to get a little response from you guys tonight. So maybe a, maybe a couple of the tables here tonight can go ahead and just uh, maybe raise your hand if you feel like you want to go ahead and share. You can share tonight? Anybody want to go and share tonight? Oh, yeah, right there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, number 16. Is that 16? Go ahead. It's okay. You can go ahead and share. <laughs> Amen. Somebody go ahead and raise their hand tonight if you want to go ahead and share. Amen. Right back there. Right back there in the back table. I put her on the spot. She got it because she had the mic. She said, oh, How's it going, you guys? How's it going, family? Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? So tonight I've heard a lot of talk at our table talk that, you know, that um, a lot of people are thinking that the spirit that is no longer, is no longer here no more. You know, and then it makes sense, you know, when in a new age where we have a lot of stuff, we have a lot of resources. So they're saying that because we have so much and because a lot of stuff has already been done, that people are saying, well, somebody else could go. Why would I leave the discomfort? Why, why would I leave the comfort of my situation, of my, of my church that I have? Why would I leave it and go and start something like the pioneer generations did? But I'm here to let you guys know that us as the young generation, that there's something inside of us. There's a spirit inside of us and I'm here to let you guys know that if we still got breath in our lungs that this that this pioneer generation this pioneering spirit is not gonna pass away it's not gonna go away not on our watch we might be sleeping giants right now but something inside in the roots that stuff is boiling together we're getting strong amen amen come on now give a little clap offering tonight amen anybody else want to follow that one up Praise the Lord, young man in the front here. Amen. Man, we, I think that our, the next generation, the third wave generation, amen, they have that spirit, Pastor. Amen. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Josiah. Um, and the question was, uh, is the pioneering spirit still alive? Does it still exist? And um, I think when we think of the pioneering spirit, it's doing something that's never been done before. And how many know that we're not in a complacent ministry, we're not in a satisfied ministry, but we, we have founders and elders who continue to get direction from heaven and push that direction out. And um, we're continuing to do new things. And um, we look at the bases, um, we look at everything that's being done now, that's pioneering in itself. Even when we look at the theme of what's happening this year, which is doing a new thing, I feel like the spirit of pioneering is alive just in that. And then we also live in a world where how many knows that God's not just doing new things, but the, en the enemy isn't complacent, but he's, all finding, he's also finding new ways to, like, how do I say, um, reach the generation, but in a bad way. So I believe um, since there's new things that are coming out uh, that the enemy's doing to, um, to get a hold of our generation, us coming out with new methods of reaching that generation is pioneering in itself as well. So that's what I believe. 
Praise the Lord. Let's go one more real quick, and I think they're, uh, they're like almost jumping up. Amen. Come on. I'm excited over there. Hi. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm in the women's home. And when I learned about Pioneer, it comes from my elders, and they still exist. And learning in the women's home and learning in the church is that we have a responsibility to be accountable for our studies. And so we look to the congregation, too, for, for what their exampleships are. And that is to study the pioneers and to instill into the younger generation that's being sent out to the mission fields. And I just want to encourage everybody to take that extra step and um, look to a leader and how to grab a hold of, like, a Pastor Mitchell and the other pastors that are elders, especially giving... Um, um, Sister Mitzi, a lot of um, honoring her because of Pastor Ed's passing and honoring her as an elder and knowing how to pioneer like Pastor Mitchell. Mm -hmm. They have a position to help Pastor Mitchell pioneer for Pastor Sonny Jr. and Sister Kim and for you guys. Come on, women's home, amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. So we're going we're gonna to start to wind this down, but we're going to go ahead and have uh, one more um, quick, uh, we're going to run through this, and then we're going to go ahead and have Pastor Richard come up one more time. And it says here, my dad remembers that he was feeling discouraged, about to give up the idea of starting a church. They had not seen breakthroughs that we're believing for, and began to wonder if this was really what the Lord wanted them to do. Could it be that they had missed the will of God? But remember, Dick Mills stepped in, amen, and he had a prophecy. And then that prophecy, he gave us a scripture, Isaiah 45, 2 and 3, that I will go before you. Come on, somebody. And I will make the crooked places straight. And I will give you, and I will break in pieces the gates of brass. And I will cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give you treasures of darkness, hidden riches in secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord thy God, and he that hath called you by name, am the God of Israel. How many are treasures out of darkness? It says here, listen, don't depend on situations. Don't trust your feelings or how people view you as a person. They looked at Timothy as just a young man, but God raised up Timothy to be a powerful man of God. And we look at Gideon. Gideon thought of himself as the poor person. God says, get up, Gideon. You're a mighty man of valor. Don't let other people's opinions shrink you down to their vision of you. Let God raise you up. In the natural, it seemed like a crazy idea. Drug, violence and drugs. Even society had, say, had a saying at that time, once a junkie, always a junkie. But Pastor Sonny Sr. is living proof that this is no longer the case and that God's power can break the chains of bondage and addiction. It is important to remember that amateurs built the ark and professionals built the Titanic. We might have been amateurs when we went into East L.A., but we came out as powerful disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ through one individual saying, listen, I'm going to get a hold of people and I'm going to disciple them. I'm going to pour into them what God has poured into me. This night, tonight, we need discipleship. We need to hear our pastor's heart. We need to see the vision. And when God gives us that vision, we need to pour it into the people that are coming. How many know people are coming into our church right now to be able to be discipled? The Bible says go make what? Converts or disciples? Huh? Go and just reach people? No, make disciples. That means what we have, we pour into them. Paul said in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.2, he says, listen, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others. That's what discipleship is all about. Whatever you learn. And like Pastor Sonny Jr. said before, you don't have to know everything. You just need to be one step ahead of that person. Grab them, disciple them, take them under your wing, share with them, love on them, take them to uh, eat, take them to get coffee, bring them into the cafe. Can somebody say amen? And so 
today, the last part of this is that we're going to have one more table talk with Pastor Richard, and then we're going to be calling Pastor Sonny up. But what's the one thing that God spoke to you and has imparted to you? Amen. So we can go ahead and, and feel that. What are we taking away from tonight? What is God spoken to you and imparted to you tonight? Let's go ahead and, and share at our table. Amen. One thing, just one thing. Praise the Lord. Amen. So how many people got something out of it today? Just wave at me or clap, whatever you want to do. Now for me, I, I'm thinking to myself, because of course I've lived it and I wrote it and I read it <laughs> over and over. So for me, it's, it's kind of redundant, but it still inspires me. It really does. The history and the vision of our ministry. So we don't just have a vision, but we have a vision with promise. And the promises are yea and amen. So the promises that my dad received many years ago are our promises. we got to stand upon those promises and believe God that those promises are for us today. And they're going to continue with us as we continue forward in the things of God. So... I want to know the third waivers. Do you like what you're, what you're reading? Are you feeling? Yeah. Gang? Because what happens many times, um, certain cultures don't, they don't or certain uh, generations don't remember. Don't remember where they come from. And then before you know it, you don't value it. When you don't value it, you don't, you don't care about your inheritance and you squander it. Instead, when you learn to value your roots, you're able to say, you know what? I'm going to carry... This vision further. I am going to have that pioneer spirit. I am going to have that faith, that faith, that faith to do things that are bigger than self. If you can do it on your own, you don't need faith. You don't need God. But when you, when it's something bigger than life, you need God. To build this building, oh, we needed God. When that economy crash hit, I was in, I was in a drought. Kim and I were in a drought. But then God provided when I first took over the church, my dad says, by faith, he took over La Puente. No, he threw me in the pool. An ocean. But by faith, we swam through. We swam through, we continued on. And then we had our children, and now they're, getting, they're becoming adults now, and they're rising up, my descendants. It's a beautiful thing to raise your children up in the way of the Lord. It's a beautiful thing for them to get their own calling. It's a beautiful thing to create your own legacy in the house of God, creating your legacy. You may be the first to break through in your family, to break the curse of addiction, to break the curse of any type of vice, to break the curse of the habits, because you carry that DNA, but now you got the DNA of Jesus. You have new blood running through your veins. That's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleansed your mind, cleansed your life, and you're no longer that person anymore. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things became new. Stand to your feet and clap. Stand to your feet and clap your hands like you have some energy in this place. God is doing a new thing. It was a new thing to build a church from the ground up. It was a new thing to write a book like I wrote. It's a new thing that we even did at Prayer Summit with online experience. New things are coming out of this generation. And if you are alive and you have breath, we all are one big generation together. We just happen to have a multi-generational church. Some oldies, but they're not old in their spirit. They're young. Excited. And then we got some middle-agers. I guess I'm in that category now. Philip Diaz is too. Philip. <laughs> Joshua. And then we have the young ones coming up strong. We were all one big family, one big army, extending the kingdom of God. And when the Bible says, go and make disciples of what? All nations. You know that word nations? I learned in Bible school, and I, remember, I recalled it right now. It's that word ethos, or how do you say it again? There's another type of word, but it's ethos, really, if you look at it in the Greek. And that means all cultures, all types of people, and subcultures are included in that, too. So we have a whole world to reach from all types of lifestyles and backgrounds. Our main target is the inner cities. And now we're moving on to beyond that. We're, we're 
we're touching, you know, college students, we're touching actors, we're touching business people, all types. It's expanded. The vision is expanded. But we can never forget those people that are hurting the most. We're not going to change that. And right today we had, yesterday and today I had meetings about Boston. We're preparing for a crusade that's going to be taking place July 10th to the 24th, I believe. Let me double check that real quick. Yeah, July 10th to the 24th. And we're going to start getting registrations going right away. I don't know if we have it on our website yet, the details, but we should have it coming up real soon this week. Okay, this week we'll have it in there. We just nailed down some of the details on the price. But it's going to be worth it to take a group of young people, young adults, 18 to 40. We're looking for that range. And I know you say, well, I'm over 40. We're not going to check your ID if you have fire. Okay. When we had the people stand up here that day, remember the on prayer summit? I saw some people that were over 40 up there. At least one. I saw one. So you, you don't celebrate every birthday. You're 29 every year. I understand. Every year I'd ask my mom. I go, how old are you now, mom? She goes, I'm 29. So the next year I asked her, how old are you? I'm still 29. For five years she kept on saying 29. I'm like, mom, okay, stop. You're older now. Anyway, but thank God we have our founders still with us. And they're not dying. They're not surviving. They're thriving. So what I want you to do as they sing a chorus, I want you to pray at your table for each other, okay? Pray for your brothers and sisters at your table. Take a moment for the next five minutes. Go ahead and take that time.
God wants to do in our church. We've always tried to set the pace for the movement as the mother church, and I think we started this year off really good so far. We're actually growing kind of rapidly. This whole month, we've been jumping in numbers in a good way. We can't stop this momentum. Don't get satisfied and then go back to business as usual. Keep working hard. Keep plowing. Keep breaking new ground. Leaders in this room, those up-and-coming leaders that are here, be a disciple. Be a good disciple maker. Expand your territory so we can grow this church the way it's supposed to be grown. I want to break all records this year. And I want to move from addition to multiplication. That's what happened in the book of Acts. It went from addition to multiplication. But with that comes, with that comes, you have to grow as a spiritual leader. Everyone in this room, you're here on purpose, for, with purpose, to grow, to get your roots deep, to get your vision within the vision, so you can pass it on, see other souls get saved, and you make disciples. And then that's how we're going to expand a, a solid growth. Not a flaky type of growth. There's a lot of mega churches with a lot of flaky people. Because they're not being discipled. There's a crowd, but not they don't have a cause. There's big crowds. Oh, they worship, they worship. But then they go and they don't do nothing. We have a mission, we have a cause. We're taking territory, we're pushing back darkness, and we're inheriting people into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So clap your hands one more time. And we're going to close out. Love you all. I love my VFAM too. A place you go home. A people call family. Victory Irish Mother Church. God bless you. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.